0: Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Didn't have to be this way, but God enabled it to be so. And so we don't take that for granted. We, we love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and our strength. And looking forward to what God is doing in the land. Amen. I mean, y'all awake out there? Amen. <laughs> you pay attention, we won't be here much longer. But it is good to be here and just experience, seeing each other, I say this all the time, seeing each other week by week, we can't take that for granted or we think it's just a rote behavior. But to see one another and what God is doing in our lives is a part of our journey. It's a part of our experience. It's a necessary part. And so it's just always good to see each and every one of you as we come through these doors. Yes, we have challenges. Yes, life is continuing for us. But we know that our God is good. He's great. He's wonderful, he's faithful, he's true, he's all of those things, and he loves us. And so in case you didn't realize this today, God loves you. Uh, and that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. I want to get into the word on today. Pray much for me um, as we stand to deliver what thus saith the Lord. I am definitely in need of your prayers. Wanna to go to the book of Luke. As it was read earlier, Luke, the 11th chapter. And so for our reading, I read 24 through 26. It is the gospel according to Luke, the 11th chapter, beginning at verse number 24. And the word of God reads as such. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finding none, he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man, is worse than the first amen to the reading of God's word get better not worse get better not worse get better not worse (laughs) early in the week pastor Pumphrey brought to my attention um A formal pastor in this area, too, it was a megachurch in this area, um, announced that he divorced his wife and he no longer considers himself a Christian. And this is throughout Christendom, as we'll call it, has been spreading this message, because he was a known pastor, wrote several books. Um, Some more controversial than others. He wrote the book, I Kissed Dating Goodbye, which is very controversial in the kingdom Um, and some other things. But he was known and I happen to to know him and engage him a couple of times because he's right here in this area. But in his Instagram post, he announced to the world that he, he and his wife of many years were divorcing and that he no longer would consider himself a Christian. He, over time, I guess, was deconstructing some of the ideas and some of the views that he had held at one point in time. He got into ministry younger uh, and he was deconstructing those ideals. And I I don't you, you can't fault somebody for that because we all do that. You realize that we all deconstruct ideals. Some of us grew up where if you didn't go to church at least five times a week, you must not really love the Lord. Still too quiet in here. You grew up in those churches where you was in church pretty much every single day. And if you weren't there, your, your faith your, or something must have been wrong with you. You must not really been loved the Lord because if you really loved the Lord, you would be here at least five days. Come on, you're still too quiet for me. Some of y'all grew up where if you had a little bit of blush or makeup on, you was of the devil. Uh, you was just, <laughs> girl, we need to lay hands on you right now because you was of of the devil. <laughs> And dare you wear some pants? Good Lord, no, it's not even. It's, and, and you grow up and like wondering, like, what does this have to do with Jesus? I'm not really sure. But we all have to, we deconstruct some things that we were handed and given uh, in our lives. And so that's not unusual. But we got to understand that where our world and society is in April of this year. A uh, Eastern Illinois professor and who's also a pastor released uh, his results of the Religious Affiliation Survey. And this year was the first year where you have more nuns or those who identify with no religion at all than you have Catholics or evangelicals. There were more people, 23.5%, uh, that said they have no affiliation with any religion than you had Catholics at 23%, and evangelicals, 225 And even though statistically they're about even, it's the first time that there are more people saying that they have no religious affiliation. That means they're atheists. They don't, they don't believe in, in God at all, or they call themselves agnostic, and agnostics don't believe that there's enough evidence to either believe there is a God or not a God, so they just don't pick a side. And then there are people who we all know that I don't have a religious affiliation, but I'm spiritual. Anybody know somebody who just, they, they just claim to be spiritual? And more and more people are separating from organized religion. We've got to understand that. More and more people are disassociating from uh, decluttering their life of, of, of organized religion. And the reality is this percentage of people has grown 266% since 1991. Elder Byron came last week, and I was touched just to see him. I love that man of God. Uh, he was shared a powerful message with us about decluttering our life. He uh, talked about getting rid of some of those things that are old, some of those things that just need to get thrown away because they've passed their useful life. He talked about decluttering our lives of things that we've outgrown. May not be anything wrong with them, but just we're not in that season of life anymore and we can move on from those things. And Elder Brian came and he really articulated that very well. But we just got to be under- uh, clear that we don't declutter our lives of things, some of the wrong things. You know, we don't need to declutter our life of our wife. Uh, Do we need to really declutter our life of of our faith? (laughs) I'm walking around with a T-shirt that says, more faith and less fear. But there are people walking around with a T-shirt that says, there's probably no God. Now stop worrying and enjoy life. But God does not cause worry. Actually, he actually eliminates it. That's why he says, fear not over 365 times. That's why he says, let not your heart be troubled. (laughs) Believe in God, believe also in me. And God doesn't actually suppress life. Really, he gives it. That's why he said, The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. But I don't know about you, but I'm determined to experience the abundant life that God has for me in this next season of life. And I don't know about you, but I'm hoping you're here for the same reason. I want to experience more of God. I want to experience more of the abundant life that God has for me. But the reality is, we need God's help to clear out some of the clutter in our lives, but to move in some of the blessings that he asked and the favor that he asked has for us. That's what I want God to do. I want to clear out some stuff in my life, but I want God to usher in his blessing and usher in his favor because I want my life to get better and not worse. (laughs) Somebody shout better, not worse. When we look at our text right before, Jesus had cast out a demon. It was a mute demon, a deaf demon out of this, uh, this man. And the Bible says that the man began to speak. And and people were happy, but some people were just questioning Jesus. And they said, you know, he only does this because he's he's of the devil. So the devil's casting out the devil. They called him Beelzebub, which translated as Lord of the Flies. And then some people wanted to see a sign. But Jesus, you know, he stops the nonsense and says, let's just evaluate this for a second. He said, if Satan cast out Satan, then how can his kingdom advance? You know, if you're fighting against each other then how are you going to advance? And he says, a house divided cannot stand. So let's just put a point in here very quickly. Uh, a house divided cannot stand. So your spouse is not your enemy, right? Your children are not your enemy. Your brother and sister, your siblings, guess what? They're not your enemy. Your brothers and sisters in Christ, guess what? Danger, ain't your enemy. We've got a real enemy, but if we're divided, we cannot stand. Your house can't prosper if you're fighting against each other. Are you hearing? It cannot stand. He says, and if I cast it out, the devil out by Satan and your friends cast devils out, then how are they doing it? <laughs> Yikes. Then he moves on to say, but if I do it by the finger of God, in other words, if the power of God is doing this, then the kingdom of God is now amongst you yeah. and he continues to talk and he says if there's a strong man right there's a strong man who's got his stuff that he's protecting and he's got his armor but he says if one stronger than him comes and and overtakes him and, and disarms him of what he's had his confidence in and divides up his spoils then he's in ruin in other words Jesus is saying that yes there's one that's strong but he's actually the stronger one you know in the movies where you have somebody they come up and they got a gun and they say hey, you stop doing this As soon as they do that, somebody else behind them says, click, right? And then they go, (laughs) right? So so you was talking trash for a minute because you had your little gun, but then you heard somebody, oh. This is what he's saying is that there's one greater that takes over. That's why Psalms 20 says, some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember the Lord our God. Some point I want to make here is Christ is more powerful than any strong man that we face. I want to encourage somebody to let you know that if you're on God's side, you are on the right side, because Christ is more powerful than any strong man that we face. Psalm 62 says, power belongs to God. The Bible says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And so that's just good affirmation for us. There's nothing new, but to realize that God is stronger than any demon we might be facing. God is stronger than any situation we might be going through. God is stronger than any opposition that may be in our life. I don't care how it rears up its ugly head, how it presents itself, how it tries to scare us or how it threatens us, how vocal it is, God is still more powerful than any strong man we could ever face. And that is good news because the stronger one is on our side. And so we've got to remember that. And then the Bible says that when he takes over the strong, that strong man, he divides his spoils. In other words, what the enemy was trying to keep from me, God can get right to me. What the enemy was trying to shield and block me from and protect for himself, the Bible says that God will disarm him and did that thing right over to me. That's why Psalms 13, 22 says the good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. God has a way of taking what the evil man desires for his purpose and passing it right on to the good folk. Are you not hearing me in here today? God has a way what the enemy thought he was going to use for destruction. God can turn it around and put it right in your hand and use it for good. He has a way of disarming that strong man. So I'm here to encourage somebody that we got to make sure that we are on God's side, that you got to be on God's side because if we're going to get better and and not worse, we got to draw closer to Jesus. Somebody say draw closer to Jesus. Every single one of us has to get closer to Jesus. It's got to be a mentality that we're going to draw closer to Jesus because the closer we get to him, the more power we'll experience, the more we will receive. We got to draw closer to Jesus. You can't be agnostic. I'm sorry. Either God is or he is not. That's just how truth works. Either it is or it is not. We're going to get better, not worse. We got to draw closer to Jesus because he's the one that can do all things. Secondly, I want to say we're going to get better, not worse. We got to make up our mind. I want to talk a little bit with this reality that we're living in a spiritual world that influences our natural lives. Did you get that? We're living in a spiritual world that influences our natural lives. The Bible here is talking about uh, there was a spirit who was out of a man or out of a person. The Bible doesn't say how it got out, but it infers how it got out. Uh, 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 He was out and then he was looking, going through dry places, looking for someplace else to inhabit. But the Bible says he couldn't find any. So the Bible says, he says, well, I'm going to go back to my house where I came from. And the Bible says he found it empty, and he found it swept and tidy. Okay? So he mentions a spirit here, and we got to understand. I know that we don't like to get spooky, and I'm not trying to get spooky. I'm not doing a deep teaching on demonology today. But understand that we live in a spiritual world that influences our natural lives. Okay? The Bible says God is a spirit. Anybody seen him? No. Okay, John 4, 24, for God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We know that we have Satan. He's, he is a spirit, okay? He's not God. He's not everywhere. He's only one space because he's one spirit. But the Bible says he is a spirit, and the Bible says in Luke 10, 18 that Jesus said, and I saw Satan fall from heaven, all right? So he fell out of heaven. He didn't fall and trip. He was pushed. He got help out, Okay? So that's how he fell. And the Bible says that there is also demons, okay, that went with him. Again, demons are not everywhere. They're only in one location, but there are demons. There's demons uh, that fell with Satan because they went with Satan. So they want to go to, you gone. He pushed them all out, all right? And some are bound in chains and some are loose, doing about demonic things. Are you hearing me? So so we have demon possession, which is when a, a, a person has actually a demon abiding with them. Okay? That's called demon possession. When, when somebody is, has a demon that's literally abiding with them. But we also have demonic influence. Okay? That means that there isn't a demon necessarily abiding with them, but the demonic influence is ruling from afar. Okay? So that they think demonically, they act demonically, and they control things from, because there's demonic influence. You know how some, you don't have to be there to run things sometimes. You, you see what I'm saying? I'm still running it even though I'm not there. That's demonic influence. And the Bible speaks to us about several spirits. The Bible talks to us about the spirit of infirmity or sickness. That's why you say a deaf spirit or a mute spirit. It's spirit of infirmity. The Bible talks about the spirit of divination, where people are looking to to demonic influences to get guidance and to get direction for how they should move. So they seek the occult. They seek the demonic, witchcraft, voodooism. They seek it to get wisdom. Are you hearing that's called the spirit of divination. We have the spirit of fear. We talked about that. There's a spirit of fear where people live in terror uh, 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 of things. But then there's other spirits, like the Bible says, the lying spirit. Some of us are familiar. <laughs> the lying spirit. You know, and, and in 1 Kings 22, God, it, it talks to us about a lying spirit where King Ahab didn't want to hear from God. He didn't want to hear truth. He only wanted to hear what he wanted to hear. And he kept putting his finger up to God and kept denying God and kept doing whatever he wanted to do. So God said, I'm tired of him. I'm getting, getting rid of him. He said, how am I going to do it? And the demon said, you know what? I, I'll help you. I, I'll go to him and I'll be a lying spirit to him. In other words, I'm going to tell him what he wants to hear. And it's going to kill him. Because he's going to go into a war that's actually going to kill him. Because I'm going to tell him to do it. Because you said so. Even though you didn't say that. But I'm going to tell him. I'm going to lie to him. And the Bible says that 400, 400 other false prophets began to lie to him as well. So one, per, one lying spirit was lying, and 400 started lying. Are, are, are you hearing? You ever had, you know, a circle of friends that was all right, but then somebody with a lying spirit came into your circle of friends? Come on, he's too quiet. And then, then everybody started. <laughs> See, one person lying, right? Then everybody in the circle started lying. You see, it was just one person at once, but then it seems like they're influencing everybody else. And now you can't believe nobody because everybody's star The lying spirit. And Hosea 4 and 5, I'm going somewhere. Stay with me. He said there's a spirit of whoredoms or harlotry. God says, my, my people, they, they go to false gods and, and they're playing the whore. It's okay. It's not, it's not a cuss word. It's, they're playing the whore. He says, why? Because there's a spirit of harlotry or a spirit of whoredom there. He says, they're not even turning to, to get back to me. Why? Because the spirit of whoredom is there. And it's keeping them from doing it. So you see that there's, there's demonic spiritual influence. So that God's people weren't even turning to him because a whoring spirit was there. Stick with me. I'm not going to talk about how that impacts us. Y'all not working with me today. (laughs) How that spirit might jump off on... Yikes. Let's keep moving. But we need to understand this reality that there's spiritual influence. God said, my people aren't even coming to me because there's a spirit of whoredom there. It's a spirit of whoredom that they've got to deal with. And our nation... We wonder why we see some of the things that we're seeing. Do we ever consider things like pride? See, pride is, is, is a high or inordinate opinion of one's own dignity, importance, merit, or superiority. You see, that may show itself in how we think of our, our race, how we think of our ethnicity, How we think of our nation or country, right? How we think of our political party, we're always right and you ain't never right. Come on in here. My contributions are much greater than your contributions, and you can never make a contribution anywhere near as great as the contribution that I Come on, why is it so quiet here? It's called pride. You see what I'm saying? The Bible talks about it. And and, and we got to look, what's behind all these mass shootings? See, as of August the 5th, there were 217 days. As of August the 5th, there were 255 mass shootings in America. And a mass shooting is defined where four or more people were shot. So we had more mass shootings than we actually had days In El Paso, 22 people were killed, not even talking about those who were injured. In Dayton, nine people were killed. We see, there's, there, it's, it's a spiritual dynamic that, that, that's going with it. It's not just random stuff that's happening. There, there, there's, there's pride and arrogance. I'm not going to say where it comes from, but even though things tend to come from the top. But I'm not staying there. Okay? But when the spirit is running, you see what I'm saying? And I keep invoking the spirit. What do you expect to happen? And we wonder why things don't get better because there's a, spirit, there's a spiritual issue that has to be dealt with. So when he talks about the spirit moving around, we've got to understand the reality of what he's saying. But Jesus is teaching us some principles. But I want to say this, that we can clean up a lot in our lives if we make up our minds. Okay. <laughs> We're going to talk about what Jesus said. We can clean up a lot in our lives if we make up our mind. Did you hear what I said? We can clean up a lot in our lives if we make up our mind. I'm not just saying that there isn't strength to the power of a mind. I'm going to show you what what Jesus is saying. Jesus is ultimately saying, listen, it got cleaned up somehow, that demon got out, but it didn't last long. Okay? This is what he's saying. But how did it get cleaned up? See, things can get cleaned up if we make up our mind. Bishop T.D. Jakes talks about you don't know the power of a made-up mind. Colossians 3 says you got to set your mind on things above. And the Bible says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Why is Paul saying that? He said, you got to get your mind set on something. Anybody know what I'm talking about? When you get your mind set on something, things can happen. Now, it may take time for us to make up our mind. Some of us, we can be indecisive. But when we make up our mind to do something, things can happen. We can move some things. I'm reminded of when my third child, I have three children, those who don't know, my wife, my beautiful wife gave birth to three children. And, and you know, when you give birth to children, you don't quite look the same, right, as you did before. And you're not wrong with that, that's natural. That's just natural. So growing up, you know, when we are growing up, we got the kids, you know, she would make the plates and I would put the plates on the table. And, the you other know, the kids got their small plate, but you had two adult plates. But I always knew which plate was mine because there was more food on the plate. Right? But this one particular day, and it was no thought of me, I saw the plates, and I asked her, which plate is mine? <laughs> I know, I'm not going to get in trouble. I'll be all right. <laughs> But I looked on her face, and, and, and this look on her face, it, it just, she said, it was, it's like, no, this is wrong. I can't, this can't be. And from that day, the amount of food on her plate went down drastically. See, because I'm just a, she had it in her own mind that, okay, I've had my children. <laughs> I've gotten to this place, and I want to go back to where, where I think I need to be healthy. <laughs> See, you're not, you're not catching it. It wasn't about me. I wish I could say, oh, she was doing it for me, or I. No, she did it for herself. You see what I'm saying? She made up in her mind that I was a size six before, and I'm going to go back, come on here, to, to being a size, the size six that I want to be. So she made up in her mind that this is what she was going to do. And I don't care if we was eating pizza. I don't care how good we talked about how it tasted. I don't care what we was drinking. She was going to have water and her portion of food, not because I said something or anybody else said something, because she had made up in her own mind. See, when when you make up something in your mind, right? When you make up in your mind, I'm going to graduate from this college. I don't don't care what I've made up in my mind that I'm going to finish what I started here. I'm going to get my degree. I'm going to get my act together. I am going to walk across this stage come hell or high water. I am going to do it because I've made up in my mind. I made up my mind. (laughs) You can quit smoking weed if you make up your mind. (laughs) I know, (laughs) come on here, they made up their mind. I don't want to do this no more. They made up their mind and it's going to stop. Come on, y'all need to understand the power of a made-up mind. When your mind is made up, when you fix your mind that this is what's going to be, you can accomplish a lot of things in your life because your mind is made up. A lot of messes we make can get cleaned up if we simply make up our mind. See? Somebody along the way, this is what Jesus is inferring, that they made up their mind that they was going to clean some stuff up. That's why the demon who was originally out, when he came back to the house, he found it clean and in order. We got to realize, though, an empty life is the devil's playground. Playground. this is jesus's point is that we can do some of these things ourselves but clearing it up and making it clean is one thing but an empty life is the devil's playground because we got to understand that demons don't just want to visit demons want to actually abide with you and and take ownership of of the possession are you hearing what i'm saying the demon said i'm going to go back to what my house (laughs) the demon said this is my house You might have evicted me with your made-up mind for a season, but you might have said I'm going to stop smoking weed for a season, but uh, I'm going to come back because this is my house. Huh? This right here. He said, I'm going to go back to my house. (laughs) He said, I'm going back to to, to my house because I got some place to stay. And he looked and it was clean swept up i made a mind and i willpower done the job it was clean it can but an empty life is the devil's playground and where christ doesn't live demons will take up residence (laughs) where christ does not live demons will take up residence have you ever cleaned out some space in your house or cleaned out some space in your office or workplace you ever done that and then before you can blink your eyes, somebody else don't put something in the space that you just cleaned out. <laughs> some, of you, some of you more seasoned saints have some adult children, and you finally got them up out your house. <laughs> you ever done that? <laughs> they finally moved out. You finally waved Goodbye. <laughs> Two minutes later, one of your nieces and nephew from another state call you. Talk about they're trying to move to the D.C. Oh, come on in here. Trying to move to the D.C. And they know you got, some, you got some room. See, people are always looking for space. <laughs> See, space can't stay empty forever because people are going to fill it. <laughs> Even in the natural, when you clear out space, something else going to jump right back up into space. <laughs> and so what Jesus is teaching us, you got to be the one who controls what goes back in that space. Because... Because folk are going to try to fill it up with what they want. The Bible said the demon came back. He said, oh, it's empty. But I'm not going to go in there myself. (laughs) You see, I'm going to go get seven stronger. Mm -hmm. It ain't going to be weed, but it's going to be cocaine. See, come on in here. I'm I'm going to get something that's more powerful to me because you put me out the last time because you wanted me out with your willpower. But it ain't going to be so easy to get me up out of here the next time. I'm wrapping this thing up. If we do it in our own strength, brothers and sisters, our ability to maintain proper order in our lives simply won't be there. Because it takes more than us. That's what Jesus was saying. He was calling himself the strongest man. That's what he wants us to understand. But guess what? If Jesus leads me, (laughs) this thing will get done. If God be for me, who can be against me? If he directs my path, I know where I'm going. If my steps are ordered by the Lord, I'll get to his divine purpose in my life. We got to understand that God saves us from an old life to a new life. God doesn't just save us from, He saves us to. Did you get that? Second Corinthians 5 17 says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. See, all things are past. All things have become new. God didn't just save us from something. He didn't just save us from the drugs. He saved us to something. He didn't just save us from whoredoms. He saved us to something. He didn't just save us from being in poverty. He saved us to something. Are you hearing? So we got to understand, what did he save me to? Back at our anniversary, Pastor John Jenkins came and he talked about God's great exchange program, if you remember that. He took us to Isaiah chapter 61 where he says he gave us beauty for ashes. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You've had ashes on your life because you've been going through and always in a funk, but he exchanged beauty for ashes. Where we had ashes, he took our ashes and he gave us beauty. Anybody beautiful in the house? He gave us beauty for ashes. The Bible says he gave us the oil of joy for mourning. Where we've been mourning things in our life, mourning past regrets, mourning issues that we've had in the past, he gave us oil for joy. He didn't just say joy, but he said oil for joy. And when oil gets on you, it gets on you. Oil covers you. Oil keeps you protected. Oil keeps you anointed. He he changed our mourning and gave us an anointing of joy. A joy that no man could take. A joy man that no man gave to us and can't take from us. It's an oil. It's a a covering. It's an anointing that he's given us. The Bible says that he, he says put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. He evicted the spirit of heaviness and he gave us a garment of praise to put on. So he didn't just get rid of the old spirit of heaviness, but he gave us something new called a garment of praise that we've got to put on and here's where we're getting to to get better not worse we have to invest in what God has provided somebody say invest invest I me mean, know that when you, when you get something new, when your house is empty, you got to start putting it back up. Pastor Kim was saying that we just can't leave an empty house. It's good to get stuff decluttered, but what are you going to fill your house with? That's what we got to really get to, the real nitty gritty of it, because we got to fill it up with what God wants us to be filled up with. And guess what? That takes an investment. Anybody ever bought an empty house? You bought a brand new house? Guess what? You got to get some furniture. But guess what? Now, every furniture ain't necessarily going to be given to you for free. Maybe you wanted on a sweepstakes on uh (laughs) one of them networks but most of us got to go to the store and buy some furniture are you hearing what i'm saying you got to buy a couch you got to buy a dining room set now you don't have to buy the most expensive one but you at least got to get something to eat on are you hearing me something to sleep on are you hearing what i'm saying you got to be able to make an investment somebody say investment the new cost me something right anybody lose weight Guess what? You may have to get some new clothes. And guess what? New clothes, what? They're going to cost you something. You might have to get some new pants because you've slimmed down. It's different now. you got to buy some things new. And so, when God takes us out of the old, he brings us into the new, but the new has an investment. And we need to have a church that's willing to invest in what God is doing in this new time. If we're going to get better, not worse, we got to make that investment into what God is giving us. Many of us, we've come through a season where we've been ungrateful. But if we got to move from ungratefulness to being grateful and being thankful, you know what I'm saying? So we got to be thankful. We got to give God thanks every single day. We may have come through some bad seasons where maybe our rent wasn't paid on time and we were struggling with our finances and our car might have got repossessed and stuff, and we get down during those situations. But when we realize that God has brought us out of some things, we got to come into Thanksgiving. We got to have hearts of Thanksgiving. So every day we get up, I put on a shirt. It might not be a polo shirt. It might be a U.S. Polo Association shirt. I don't care, but I'm going to give God thanks for the shirt that I got on my back, that I'm not walking around naked. I'm moving from the old and I'm investing in the new. Uh, New things cost an investment. We got to be able to put the time into it. We've walked around. Many of us never felt love in our life. We've been indifferent. We've been indifferent to people. That's why we can step right over people because we're indifferent. People stepped right over us. We stepped right over them. We're indifferent. Dad left. Mom wasn't emotionally there for me. All these people left me. And then, so we live a life of of being unloving and being indifferent to people. But when God calls us to his kingdom, when we get on his side, we realize that we can't be that way anymore. And so we got to invest in loving some people. We got to invest in loving our brothers and sisters. We got to invest in loving the people in the kingdom of God. We got to invest in it. And guess what? It takes time and energy to love some folk. Come on in here. Loving me ain't easy. (laughs) I'll tell you that up front. I go and give you that one for free. It's not easy, but it takes time and effort to love your family. To love your wife is a job. Come on in here, brothers. Loving your wife the way she needs to be loved, it is a job. It's going to take your time. It's going to take your energy. And it's definitely going to take you some money for date nights to go here to see— Come on, is it just me? Or, or do you got to go out to eat sometime. You got <laughs> to buy a new dress or something on occasion to let her know that you're thinking about her. Or she would like a piece of jewelry. It's going to cost you something. But if you're going to have the life that you want, a better life and not a worse one, you better make that investment. Come on here, don't be cheap. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, don't be cheap. It's going to cost you. <laughs> Come on, Scrooges, don't be cheap. Because if you don't, it could be... You might as well think you better being single. Because the state that you're in was worse worse than the... A woman that you're living with now that ain't happy with you. It's worse. You... You got to make an investment in what God is doing in the new even when he says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, we want the spirit of heaviness to be removed. But when it's removed, we don't put on the garment of praise. It's a two-part equation. You just can't take off what the old, you got to put on the new and give God a praise as you go through. I used to love my mother. She used to give God praise all the time. Whether she was in the kitchen making dinner, she was giving God praise. Whether it's Saturday morning at seven o'clock when I've tried to sleep in my bed because I was out at three o'clock. In the morning, she would still get up, cleaning the house, giving God a praise. Didn't care how annoyed I was with her singing, and she couldn't sing, but it didn't matter. She was still going to praise God because God had been good to her. God had healed her body. God had gave her an extensive of years, and there was no way on this God's green earth that she wasn't going to give God a praise. If it would with a vacuum that she's vacuuming the floor, she gonna give God a praise. If you can't sing, then whistle. Just whistle the tune and give God a praise. I don't care. But but I gotta give God a praise because I gotta put on this garment of praise because I don't want the spirit of heaviness. The spirit of heaviness will come right back if I'm not filled with praise. But if I fill my life up with the worship, if I fill my life up with a praise, if I fill my life up with a hallelujah, if I fill my life up with a thank you, Jesus, with a worthy is the Lamb, I don't gotta have all the lyrics. But if I know some lyrics, just sing what you know. Just give God a worship and a praise because I've taken off the heaviness and I've put on. On the spirit of praise. My room's filled up. My room's filled up with God's stuff. It's filled up with his word. It's filled up with thanksgiving. It's filled up with the favor of the Lord. Yeah, it's important because guess what? The Spirit's going to come back to try to come back into my house. But when He come back, no thank you. There's no vacancy here. There's no room for you here. This is God's house. This is God's abode. The Spirit dwells here. It's not just my willpower. It's not just my mind. But the power of the Holy Ghost dwells here. And devil, you can try to come here if you want to, but there's something coming for you. You may put a gun to my head, but you better watch your back because God's about to arrest you. God's about to evict you. God's weapons are greater than your weapon. He's going to disarm you without fear. He's going to disarm you without intimidation. He's going to disarm you with those lies, and He's going to evict you out of my house. So, you might as well fill God up with praise. Give Him glory. Give Him honor that there's no room for the enemy. I don't know about you, but I'm looking for my life to get better. I'm not letting my life get worse. It's not going back, I'm going forward. I'm marching ahead. I'm putting on what God has for me. God has favor for me. I'm putting it on. God has blessing for me. I'm putting it on. God's got new levels for me. I'm taking it. It's going to cost me something, brother, but I ain't cheap. If I got to invest in what God has for me, I'm going to make that investment. I'm going to get up out my bed and read my word. I'm going to get on my knees, literally, and pray to Him. In the car, in the shower, on our way to work. Father, I bless you. You're a good God. You're a faithful God. You're doing great things in my life. God. Yes, yes. We getting better, not worse. Better's ahead. Better's ahead. Fill your space up with what God has for you. <laughs> because we're not going back to a worse state. <laughs> I'm going to what's better. And Jesus is able <laughs> to do exceedingly abundantly, <laughs> above all I could ever ask or think. <laughs> My resources are not enough, but his supply never runs out. <laughs> I'm here to declare that the best days are ahead. (laughs) If you just invest in what God has for you, the best days are ahead. You can't even begin to imagine what God has for you if you just invest in what he's placed in your life. I just want to pray for you. I just want to pray for you. If you've been, the Spirit is speaking, I know the Spirit is speaking to some people very strongly right now about something that He spoke through us today. Today's the opportunity to lay hold of that thing in your life in a real way. When you hear God speaking, lay hold of what He's saying don't delay lay hold of it lay hold of it with uplifted hands and if that's you, you may even want to make your way down to this altar very quickly that's fine, it's not for everybody but there's some people who heard something very clearly today, but everybody else you can just lift your hand right where you are we're getting better not worse Father, in Jesus' name, I bless you right now in the name of Jesus for your word. God, I thank you that your spirit and your power is the greatest spirit and power ever going. God, I just rebuke every spirit that will try to stop your people. We realize that there's a spiritual world, of oh God, but you're in control, and we surrender ourselves to it right now in Jesus' name. God, we rebuke every foul spirit, every demonic spirit, every spirit of pride, uh, spirit of hatred, God, infirmity in the name of Jesus, divination. Some of us have been looking to the wrong places. Even though we're saved, we're still looking to the wrong places. We repent of that, and we look to you and you alone, Jesus. And so I bless you right now for better days. God, fill us, oh God. Help us to fill our space. Fill our space with what you have for us, with the new in the name of Jesus. Help us not to be cheap, oh God, but help us to put the time, the effort, the energy in, God, to what you have for us right now in the name of Jesus. And God, I thank you that your voice is still speaking stronger. To these that are standing at this altar, God, and those with their hands lifted, that they would hear what you would say to them right now in the name of Jesus. God, release to them in the name of Jesus. God, better days. God, Better days. Better days. Better days. Better days. To better days in the name of Jesus. Better days, better days. Release the old. Release the old and move into better days. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. One is stronger. The one is stronger that's taking over. Let him have his way in the name of Jesus. Release, release in Jesus' name. God, we thank you, God. We thank you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, God. We bless you in Jesus' name. God, better days in the name of Jesus' God, we receive it. God, we receive it by faith. God, we receive it by faith. Our faith is here. God, we receive it by faith. We receive it by faith in Jesus' name. And Father, I bless you for everybody whose hands are lifted. God, I thank you that our hands are open to receive from you right now in the name of Jesus. God, we receive what you have for us, oh God. We put on a garment of praise for the spirit of heavenness. God, we put on thanksgiving in the name of Jesus. We put on gratitude, oh God. We put on love, oh God. We put on the oil of joy in the name of Jesus. It's ours, oh God. We embrace it. God, we embrace it right now in Jesus' name. And we expect to receive you uh, doing great things in our lives, oh God. We wake up every day with expectation Oh, God, because our God is good. And we love you, Father. We honor you, Father. And we bless you because things are getting better, not worse. It's in Jesus' name. And tell God thank you. Tell God thank you. Amen and amen. Would everybody still in an attitude of prayer, as we're still receiving from the Lord, there may be somebody here today that does not know the Lord Jesus. We want to give this invitation to somebody who's never confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior. If you're here under the sound of my voice and you've never given your life to Jesus, you never said, Jesus, I realize that you're, you're God, you're the Savior, and you died on the cross for me. And I want to confess my sin and give my life to you. Is there somebody that wants to come and give their life to Jesus today? Somebody that wants to be saved. Somebody that wants to be on God's side. If you do not know him, we give the opportunity to do that right now. This is not an embarrassing time. We're not asking you any embarrassing questions, what you've done, what you've been doing. That's not important right now. What's important is that you just say, God, I want to be right with you, and I'm confessing my sin and giving my life over to you. Is there somebody that wants to come? Is there somebody that wants to come? There are no big eyes and little you's, just all of us brothers and sisters that are saved by the grace of God. Is there somebody that wants to come and give their life to the Lord Jesus today? Is there somebody that's looking for a church home? You're already saved. You already know Jesus and you hear God saying this is the place for you to work out your soul salvation. This is your covering that you need to be. Is there somebody here that wants to join this local fellowship? You hear God speaking to you right now, drawing you and say, yes, this is the place. This is the house where you to be. Is there somebody that wants to get saved or join the church? Everybody praying very briefly. So we know most people, but is there somebody here that wants to get saved or join the church? Amen. Everybody's okay with where they are with their master. Please don't let this time slip. I don't want to rush you, but there's somebody that wants to give their life to Jesus or to join the church. Amen. Give God praise. Give him honor. Give him glory. Amen. We can stand to our feet to be dismissed. Remember please wish Pastor Kim and Mr. Leon a happy wedding anniversary that they enjoy themselves in the Lord. Hey, we love them. Amen. Amen. Have a great week. Remember who you are in Christ Jesus. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You're more than a conqueror because of him who loves you. Every need, God. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you for the anointing on our life, God. Thank you for the doors that you continue to open. Thank, thank you for you, your hand God. to your mercy. We thank you for what you're doing for her, God, and in her life. And we bless her in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God. Thank you for what you're doing and just for Kimberly God thank you for the area that you have set aside the area of success for her life right now in Jesus name amen Let us be dismissed. Father, thank you and bless you for this time. Thank you and praise you for this house where we can come and freely worship and hear your voice, Father. And so we thank you that we're getting better and not worse, oh God, because you're on our side. And so I bless you for our brothers and sisters. God, help us to love one another until we can see each other again. We speak blessing and prosperity over all. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.